Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I love Miracle Grow. In fact, my thinking is a little bit works away. More is better. My wife is shaking her head because she constantly tells me, don't miracle grow that. Sorry, that wasn't. That was for, that was added emphasis. That's, does not. Brian shaking his head like I'm in trouble afterwards. When you use a lot of miracle grow, things get out of hand quickly. Plants just take off and they grow and grow and grow and it, it, it becomes hard to, to maintain them and to trim and to keep it looking pretty. I want us to think about that because I think that our response to the gospel lesson today, our response to the confession and absolution I think that response should be, Lord, fill my heart with miracle grow. Make us zealous prayer warriors for this world. You know, Jesus had a busy day in our gospel lesson. He'd been healing and teaching. He's been dealing with the religious leaders. He even had his own mother and brother come by to take him. In fact, his, at this point, his brother thinks that he's crazy at this point. Busy day for Jesus. He could have easily said, that's it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rest. But what does he do? He gets in the boat and begins to preach and teach to a very large crowd. He gives the parable of the sower, and that was our gospel lesson today. And you know, one of the things I like about this parable is that Jesus gives us the meaning. There's no misinterpretation. Jesus makes it very clear to us what the seed is and the different types of soil. In that first case, the seed was thrown among around the path, or some fell on the path. And I had you picture for a moment, you know, a path that's received no water and it's very hard. Or one of the commentators said, seed that is thrown on the sidewalk. You know, something that's hard. And I like that illustration because think of hardened hearts. So birds come and pluck it away. Let's think about that hardened heart image for a moment. I'm sure you're familiar with these next contemporary sayings. Yeah, I grew up in the church, but I have no need for it today. I don't want to hear God's word. I don't believe it's God's word. And after all, what 
What a Bible do mean some book that was written thousands of years ago. It's outdated. We've heard the stories over and over again. I think those stories fit in this category here. They do not have any root base at all. But let me give you another example. God wants from us to follow the Ten Commandments, right? He's placed them in our hearts. Do not murder. Do not bear false witness. You know, I find myself in this. I can easily say I don't murder or bear false witness. But yet I find myself speaking ill of others. Sometimes hateful things. You see, if that is our attitude, then we can say, God, your law has no purpose for me at all. I'm a good enough person. And so, Picture God's law coming into our heart, then bouncing off because we have hardened hearts. Or let's flip it on the coin. Let's look at the other side. You leave church, or I leave church, and I'm thinking, there's no way God forgave me today. Boy, if that pastor, if pastor really knew some of the things that I have done in my life, some of the skeletons in my closet, if God knew those skeletons, well, let me tell you, God does already. If we have that type of thinking, then what we're saying is the gospel cannot touch our lives. That gospel, which is the good news, the freedom that forgiveness has been paid for, we are then saying, God, your gospel doesn't work in my heart. Again, that's from a hardened heart approach. The second case is we have seed that was shown, sown in shallow soil. And the image here is that someone who is really excited. Picture someone just coming to faith. Or someone who's having a, 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 a someone who's becoming re-energized for God. And, and you can just see it in them, their zeal and their fire for God. They, they want to help. They want to do something. They want to make a difference. And then something happens. And all that zeal that fizzles out. No longer on fire for God. You see, the text says when troubles or persecutions come, that zeal goes away. That seed doesn't take root. Why? because it has a shallow root base. 
It was going good for a while. It was growing and growing. We were excited. We were on fire for God. We were praying. We were doing devotions. We were going to church, and boy, it was growing, and all of a sudden, bam. Troubles come, and things stop. You know, for the Christian, Troubles and persecutions are going to come, even though you or we believe that God is with us. You know, there's some notion that once I become a believer, that my life is going to be easier. <laughs> you know, Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow him, right? But let me add this. The cross has splinters. It's easy for me to find myself here. Faith that has shallow roots. Life is so demanding. No time to hardly do the things that I, I want to do or love to do. Perhaps I find it difficult at times to pray and read his word. I try, you try, but we fail. That's the rocky soil. Another soil is that seed that's been sown among the thorns. I remember uh, in Wisconsin on my grandfather's farm, there was this one particular weed, I have no idea what the name, but as the little shoots of corn would come up, this weed would literally wrap itself like a coil right around that corn stalk. What's it doing? It's competing against that plant, trying to choke it out so it can have the nutrients and the moisture. The parable said the seed that is thrown among, the seed that is thrown in the soil that's full of thorns. That seed is God's word, we know that. But life is filled with so many thorns. In fact, Jesus even clarifies it for us. What exactly are the thorns? Well, it says worry and the deceitfulness of wealth are the thorns. You see, in this type of soil, we have this thinking, and I know it's a prevailing thought, many people in the world believe this, that money will solve all problems. If I just had a little bit more, well, let me tell you, you can have a little bit more, then you're going to have another problem, and another problem, and another one. The only solution for the problems in our life is God. In fact, Jesus tells us, why do you worry? Remember we hear the, 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 the story of, the, of uh, the birds of the air? They don't worry. 
So why do we? One answer I can think of is that we want to be in control. We want to come up with an answer or a solution to fix the problem. I mean, after all, I'm a good scientist. I can, I can um, problem solve. I'm not picking on the scientists here. Or whatever gift God has given to you, to use your expertise to figure something out. It works a lot of times. But apparently in this case, when it comes to worrying and the deceitfulness of the wealth and money, it's not going to. And so it chokes us out. It robs us of that faith that God has planted in our hearts. It wants those nutrients and that moisture. Why? Satan has only one purpose. He wants to rob you from Jesus. I find myself in this type of soil. Again, it's easy when rough, troubled times come to start to worry and wonder what if. And the last soil is the good soil. Seed that is thrown and it produces a, a great harvest. God's word that is sown and we see many people coming to faith and, and people whose lives are strengthened and nourished because of that faith. And they walk with God in confidence and trust, in mercy and love because they know that God will never leave them or forsake them. You know, Jesus asked, His disciples, why are your hearts so hard? You see, I think one of the points of this parable is not to look out and to say, okay, that group of people, you, you are the rocky soil. Or this group of people, you're the group that's worrying about money. And you look at this group of people, no. The point of this parable is that we find ourselves in different situations, in different types of soil. We move in and out of these different types of soil. And the encouragement is, is that good soil, that abundant harvest that only God can give, that abundant harvest of the forgiveness of sins, of eternal life. So even though our hearts are hardened, Jesus says, I long to make your hearts an abundant harvest. He says, I'm not going to give up on you. I shed my blood for you. You are mine. And he's going to keep seeking after us because we are precious in his sight. You see, this is why Jesus was willing to give up the power, the riches, the authority, and the um, might of, of living in heaven to come down to earth 
into an earth that's filled with thorns and rough rough soil. He gave everything up for you. He was willing to be choked by death to give us life. So what should our response be? Lord, fill my heart with miracle girl. Amen. We now rise and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in 